0: When we think about the future today, it's easy to let fear come in. We hear headlines and we hear testimonies and people saying, oh, this has happened to me. Just a week or two ago, Melinda was talking to one of her relatives that was getting to the age they were ready to retire, and because of the stock market and everything that's taken place, they said they lost $150,000 of their retirement. And I'm sure others would, here today would probably have similar testimonies about your 401k. But I want to assure you today, your tomorrow is not dependent upon your 401k. Amen? I know others that are saying, well, I don't know what tomorrow holds. And and like Terry said, she said her brothers both had heart disease. Her parents both died from heart disease. And it's easy for fear to come and to take over in our lives and to think, well, it's inevitable. I'm going to have that. But God intervened. Amen? And so I want to encourage you today to embrace the future in faith. And not to allow fear to guide you into the future. Just yesterday, I I flipped on the headlines and I was reading some of the the headline articles. And I'm just going to read you a couple of the, the headlines. Wall Street closes out miserable week, month, quarter, worse since 2008. Another headline, more Americans living paycheck to paycheck. Another one, federal government gauge shows inflation accelerated even more than expected. I think all we have to do is look at the gas prices this week and we can say amen to that. Hurricane I, I, uh, in Victims states, I have lost everything. We don't know what tomorrow holds, do we? But church, I want to assure you that if we keep our eyes on Jesus, that if we live for Him, that we can claim the promises in the Word of God, and we can enter the future, even when circumstances look dark and dreary and dismal, we can enter the future, church, in faith, not in fear. I want us to look at this passage of Scripture chapter 9, 2 Corinthians, and I want to begin in verse 6. Now when you come to this passage, it's familiar because it's a verse that we quote many times during offering as we worship the Lord in our giving. But today, I want us to see another verse in this passage that is powerful. But let's let's read through the whole uh, passage and then we'll come back to that verse. Verse 6, but this I say he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now we're very familiar with those two verses. Look at verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. That's what I want to focus on today, but I'm going to go ahead and read the rest of the passage. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. While you are enriched in everything for all liberality which causes thanksgiving through us to God. For the administration of this service not only supplies the needs of the saints but also is abounding through many thanksgivings to God. While through the proof of this ministry, they glorify God for the abundance of your confession to the gospel of Christ and for your liberal sharing with them and all men. And by their prayer for you, you long for you because of the exceeding grace of God in you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Aren't you thankful for the indescribable gift? That's Jesus. Turn to somebody saying that's Jesus. <laughs> because everything we have from God is because of Jesus. Amen. It's because of what he did on the cross. But I, I want us to, to look at this passage today in, in, in probably a different light. We're not going to focus on the sowing and the reaping. We're not going to focus on the cheerful giving. But I want us to focus on the promise of God that covers every aspect of our lives. Now, God's Word says He has a plan for our future, doesn't He? Amen. We all know the Scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11. We love that verse. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you. God has you on His mind says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not evil. God's thoughts for us, the future that He has for us, what He desires for us is never evil. To give you a future and a hope. Aren't you thankful for that today? God has plans for your future and it's a future with hope. Now, I have to comment about hope because in our culture, hope is kind of, well, maybe that'll happen. Biblical hope isn't, well, maybe that'll happen and maybe it won't. Biblical hope is, I know the character of God, I know the love of God, I know the promises of God, and I have hope. Amen? My hope's in Him. It's what He's done for me. So the Scripture there gives us an insight into God's heart his thoughts towards us, that we should have expectation, that we should have hope, that we should enter into the the future in the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Because God's plan is always good. Aren't you thankful for that? There's only two ways that, that we make a mistake as we enter into the future and that is or well, there's two ways we can enter into the future. One is we make the mistake of not trusting God, not believing God's word, not claiming the promises of God's word, and we enter in with fear. And fear is the opposite of faith. I don't know about you, but I don't want to enter in to the future, even tomorrow's future or next year's future and allow fear to come and overwhelm me, I want to enter in in faith. Enter in in faith. Do not fear. God's Word tells us not to fear. Jesus told the disciples, do not fear. He told them that over and over. In the Old Testament, it tells us, do not fear, over and over. God wants us to trust Him. church, As the church goes forward in the uncertain times that we're living in, We are not going to live in fear. Turn to somebody and tell them, no fear. Now look at our text again, verse 8 in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Now I want to break that down and I want us to just think about it because this verse will change everything in your future. If you receive this verse and apply it in your life, it will change your marriage. It will change your health, the way you look at your health, the way you look at your finances. It will change the way you witness, the way you worship. It'll change the way you have thanksgiving for God. All of these things Change if we take this one verse and apply it in our lives. First of all, look at the first part of this verse. Look at this. How does it start? And God is able. 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 <laughs> That's how we live the, our lives. That's how we enter into the future. My God is able. He's able to take care of whatever I face. Whatever I'm going to go through. God is able. There's multiple scriptures that teach this truth. In Luke chapter 1 verse 37. The angel's speaking to Mary and says, For with God nothing will be impossible. Nothing will be impossible. In Matthew chapter 19, verse 26, Jesus, it says, He looked at them and said to them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Job, answering God in Job 42 and 2, said, I know that you can do everything and that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. There's no purpose that God has that Satan can stop for your life. Are you, are you with me? Somebody should have said hallelujah to that. <laughs> There's nothing God has purpose for you that the enemy can stop. Nothing. And Job recognized that. God is able. So as we begin to to enter into the future, I want you to have that certainty in your heart. It doesn't matter if if right now I'm struggling in my marriage or I'm struggling in my job or I'm struggling with some life-controlling issue. It doesn't matter what I'm struggling with. God is able. He is able to save you to the uttermost. He's able to heal you. He's able to deliver you. And God is able to provide for your future. Do you believe that? I love Hebrews chapter 11 because it's the faith chapter. And one of the verses, verse 6, has a a great truth. It says, but without faith it is impossible to please Him. Did you hear that? If we want to go into the future and we want to please God, then we enter it in faith. It continues and says, for he who comes to God must believe that He is. And, I love this part, that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. God's a rewarder. God loves to reward. He loves to bless. But it says here, those who diligently seek Him. I want to inter- illustrate this. I like to bless people. Even when I when I'm out to eat, if Linda and I are eating and, and I get to know the, the waiter or waitress a little bit, maybe they're struggling, maybe it's a single parent, and uh they've got kids at home and that's their only job and they're struggling. And so I want I'll write a big tip. I want to bless them. But you know, sometimes the waiter doesn't really care or the waitress doesn't really care and I'm saying I'm thinking I want to really bless you today but your service stinks (laughs) I'm just being honest you know they never fill up my water they don't come back they don't take any dirty dishes off the table they they just it's like they don't care and I'm thinking boy if you only knew how much i wanted to bless you and you're making it really hard and you know what that's what we do with god here's god saying i'm a rewarder of those that diligently seek me i want to bless you and we just kind of oh well it's another day right? Church, we're going to have faith for the future because we're a church that's going to diligently seek the Lord. Amen? I didn't come here to hear the great worship team. I love them. I appreciate them. But that's not why I'm here. I'm here to join them as we come boldly to the throne of grace and worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We're here for Jesus. We're seeking Him. We want Him to move in power and might. You know, there have been times in my life when I've been in need. Anybody ever been in need? All of us. We live in a fallen world and a world where needs happen. But God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him i can't tell you the number of times that i've been in need that god has surprised me and met that need i shared many times about a christmas where melinda and i were we had kids and they they were all small and and uh we were work. she wasn't working, I was working, it wasn't a great paying job, and we were just barely paying the house payment and the bills, and I didn't have any money for Christmas, and I prayed, God, I didn't tell anybody, except I told the Lord, and I said, Lord, you know I love my kids, and I want to bless them for Christmas. The very next day, somebody, I hadn't told anybody, but somebody walked up and handed me $300 and said, this is what they said. I want you to bless your kids for Christmas. I can't tell you the number of times I've received letters from people that I have never met. And they'd put a little note. You don't know me. But God spoke to me and told me to send you this. And they'd send me a check for three or $400. And to this day, I have never met them. But they're servants of God. And they knew I had a need. When Melinda and I were coming to the church here, there were a handful of people. And, and we could barely keep the lights on and keep the heat bill paid. And I knew I was coming into this, but I was coming in faith. I was not coming in fear. Even though I, I, we did away with my income, all we had was hers. And the day before I left Anchor Point, a new lady that had just started attending the church there came up to me and said, I know you're going and God told me to give you this. That new lady, I didn't know her very well. She said, God told me to give you this. And I, I said, oh, thank you, that's so sweet. I thought maybe she was giving me $100 or something. And I put the check in, in my pocket. And later I went home and I opened the check and I about fell out of my chair. Because she gave me a check for $3,000. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. He's going to take care of His children. Do you believe that? Verse 8 says next, And God is able to make all grace abound towards you. How many like that idea? All grace. Guess what all means in Greek? All. All. Oh, y'all are Greek scholars. It means all. God is able to make all grace abound toward you. You believe that? That's God's unmerited favor, His blessing, His Holy Spirit working in your life. All these things have to do with grace. God is able to make all grace abound toward you. Notice the next part. That you always, everybody say always, It's not most of the time, it's not some of the time. It doesn't matter on the circumstances that are taking place. God says, always. I love that. God's ability to bless is not based upon the economy. It's not based upon your family, what you're going through, your marriage, your health. It doesn't matter what you you face at all, anything. God's grace is always there. Now, look at the next part. Always having all sufficiency in all things. Always having all sufficiency in all things. I love that. What does that mean? It means we're going to make it, it means it doesn't matter. If all hell breaks loose tomorrow, God says, I'm going to make you sufficient in all things. Think about being sufficient, not just uh, monetarily, but think about being, having His sufficiency in every area of your life. In all things. Church, this isn't Pastor Milt's hope and wish list. This is the word of the living God and the promises of God for his children that are facing an unknown and uncertain tomorrow so that we don't have to live in fear, but we go forward in faith, faith in Jesus. I love that. God's able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things. What a promise that is. It speaks to always having enough. Are we going to make it? Yes, we are. The question that we all face as we get older, and I'm getting older My wife isn't. She's still 29 and holding, just for your information. But as we get older, all of us have those thoughts. Am I going to have a retirement? Am I going to be able to retire? Am I going to be able to have a place to live and to feed myself? What happens if I I get hurt and I can't work any longer? What's going to happen some people struggle, like what Terry was saying, with as I get older, am I going to suffer the same health issues that my family has suffered? I had, had a, a, a man that was a friend of mine for years that he, he was saying, you know, my, my dad struggled with deteriorating vertebrae in his back, and both his brothers struggled from the same thing. And he says, as I get older, I know that that's where I'm headed. And I thought to myself, you may be headed there, buddy, but I'm not. Because my God is able, amen, and I diligently seek Him with all that I am, and I'm going to trust Him. His sufficiency is going to be there in my health, in my marriage. Some of you struggle because everybody in your family has gone through a divorce. And you're just walking on tiptoes because you're concerned that. even even if I try to be the best husband or be the best wife, everybody in my family, it's a curse on my family. Let me tell you, Jesus is the curse breaker. Amen? You don't enter the the years of marriage. We've had 42 years of marriage. And if Melinda can put up with me for 42 years, you've got a, a great testimony there. God can do it for you too. Seriously though, don't let fear come in live in faith we're going to celebrate our 50th wedding anniversary one day and it's going to be a great celebration whatever area church God is sufficient now look at this next part may have an abundance for every good work God's grace is not only going to make you sufficient for the future God's going to give you an abundance for every good work how many realize God wants us to do good things we're the hands and the feet of Jesus his message his mouth peace that's going forward and God wants us to do good work so that people will glorify Jesus and this verse continues and says, not only is God going to give you everything you need to be sufficient, God's going to give you more so that you can go and bless others. So that you can have an abundance for good works. I love that. Now what do we do when we normally, this is a perfect time for this, all of us just got a PFD and we're shouting hallelujah. It's the biggest one we've gotten in a while. And I won't, I won't comment anymore. The state still owes us more, but you didn't hear me say that. <laughs> but I want to ask you, what do we do when we get that extra money? I know some people, I know some people that uh, they'll take that, that money and they'll put it away and save it for their kids' futures. And I think that, that's great. Other people, they'll, they'll take the money, and what do they do? They spend it. And sometimes it's legitimate. Sometimes, you know, you, you've had something that's broke, and, and, and you need to fix the car, or, you know, get a new washer or dryer. And those things are understandable. But, but usually, our, our immediate thought when we get an abundance isn't what this scripture says. It's not, God's given me an abundance so I can do a good work with it. Ooh, it got quiet. Am I, am I preaching truth? Yeah. That, that, that's not always our first thought. Oh, I can bless somebody. But God gives us an abundance, and I'm not just talking about PFDs. I'm talking about God says, I'm going to bring an abundance by my grace into your life so that you can do good works and touch the world with my love. Aren't you thankful for that? Amen. Amen. I want to I end today in, with a, a portion out of the Old Testament in the life of Elijah. On Wednesday nights, we're studying Elijah. And this Wednesday night, uh, the first Wednesday night of every month, we're doing a, a night of worship, where we're just going to have about an hour, 45 minutes to an hour of worship, and then we're going to have fellowship out in the foyer and have some goodies. But uh, this Wednesday night, we're going to do that. But normally, we've been studying Elijah, so this is fresh on my heart, and I want to give you two instances. Now look at this, First Kings chapter 17, verse 6. 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 6. Elijah's been told to leave. He's shown up to Ahab, confronted him about his sin, and God tells him to go to Cherith, the, the, the brook Cherith. So it says he, he goes there, and he's trusting God. He's out in the middle of nowhere. But listen to what the verse says The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening and he drank from the brook now first of all these birds didn't fly by the local dump and get trash out of the garbage heap you know ravens are interesting birds in Wrangell, we had ravens everywhere and we had the only golf course in southeast alaska so people would come to that little island to play golf. But they had to warn them about the ravens. Because the ravens were constantly swooping down and stealing the golf balls. (laughs) I'm serious. And and, and it would go on and on, and finally people would go into the woods, and they'd start looking, and they would come across a pile of golf balls and other trinkets that these ravens had swooped down and taken. And so it was kind of amusing, you know, but I can just picture these ravens, you know, in our time, they'd swoop down on my porch while I'm grilling <laughs> at the perfect time that I've, I've just put The bun, and I've toasted the bun, and I put the bun, and I set them over here on this plate, and I'm here. And I can just picture a raven swooping down and grabbing a burger and taking it to Elijah. What I want you to see here is God has thousands and thousands of ways to take care of you that you've never, ever thought of. He is not limited. He's not limited by your bank account, by your job. He is not limited about the economy and the stocks, even though we're in a recession. It never, ever limits our God. Our God is always able. (laughs) Another, another time in the life of Elijah later on. After this, the brook dries up because he has prayed and asked God for the rain to stop. God's trying to get Ahab's attention and Israel's attention. So the brook dries up where Elijah was drinking. And so God moves him on. And he tells him that he's going to take care of him. He tells him that that uh, you need to go see a widow. This is in that same chapter, 1 Kings 17. And he tells him, you're going to go see a widow, and she's going to provide for you. Now that sounds strange to us, doesn't it? And in fact, when he gets there, he tells the woman to go and prepare something for him, give him a drink, and then prepare him a cake, bake me something. And what happens? She looks at him. I can just picture her look. And she proceeds to tell him, I've got a, about this much flour and I've got a little bit of oil left in this jar. This, I'm, i got these two sticks I picked up and I was going to start a little fire. I was going to bake our last meal and then, for my son and myself and then we're going to die. That's what she told Elijah. Now was she looking... At the future in faith or in fear? In fear. But I'm sure this shocked Elijah too because she was the means that God said was going to provide for him. And then God tells him what to do. He goes ahead and he, he tells the woman, he says, you go ahead and bake me first that bread and then... God's going to make sure that throughout this drought, and this famine, that your flower bowl's never going to be empty and that jar of oil's never going to run out. God has thousands of ways to take care of you that you've never even thought about. Amen. God's still a miracle-working Savior and Lord. And finally, in 1 Kings 19, verse 5, it says, Then as he lay and slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him. Now this is later on in, in his life. And he said to him, Arise and eat. Then he looked, and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. This was probably the first angel food cake. Again, God has thousands of ways to provide for you that you have never, ever thought about. Amen? If he can dispatch an angel to bake an angel food cake for Elijah, he can take care of us. Amen? You say, well, Pastor, what about my desires? And I'm closing. I said that about 30 minutes ago, but this is good. You need to hear this. What about my desires? Because a lot of times Christians think, well, I'm only supposed to have my needs met and I shouldn't be worried about having nice things. I want to remind you, God created you. He created Melinda. And I'm thankful for that. And He gave her to me. I'm even more thankful for that. But you know what? God knows her heart, like most women, Wants to have a nice house. They want to have a home. And the and the last time we moved, we moved from a house she loved in Nanilchik, that she just loved. And we thought, Wasilla is so much more expensive. We're never going to be able to get a nice house like we had in Nanilchik. We just kind of settled for that. That's okay. We know God wants us here. But she started praying, and she said, "Lord, I want another log home." And she said, "I want a lo- I want a log home that has." two master bedrooms and both of them have a master bath and she told me that and i went (laughs) (laughs) you're telling god what (laughs) and we said there's no way and god says i'm able church i think every man here wants to have a good job where you can provide for your family those are godly desires. If our desires are godly, yes, we can ask God for desires. In fact, I'll give you a verse. In James chapter 1, verse 7, it says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Church, the God we serve loves to bless you. He loves to take care of you. And He loves to give you an abundance so that you can do good works. That's how we face the future. Will the worship team come? We're going to face the future trusting God. Amen? Amen? We're not going to fear. Because God... We know God's character. He loves us. He's righteous. He is holy. He is perfect. He is just. God loves us. And we can trust Him. So I want everyone, if you will, to stand with me. And we're going we're to close the service. And our prayer team, if you've never been here, we always have a prayer team to pray on Sundays. Our prayer team will position themselves around the back and across the front of the auditorium. And if you have a prayer need, we want to invite you to come and to pray. And I want to remind you of Mary's Mary's word this morning. That there are people who have something that's holding them back. Holding them down, some kind of a life controlling issue. And God wants you to come and He wants you to be set free today. Nothing's impossible for God. I know a young man that years ago I met and he drank a fifth of whiskey every day. he came to me and it was destroying his life and he came to me and he had tears in his eyes and he said i want god to set me free and i prayed with him and he prayed sincerely accepted the lord and god totally he, he never drank another drop he didn't go through withdrawals god set him free because god's able Maybe you have a, some issue, an emotional issue, depression. Maybe there's something in your life that has a, a hold on you as we come and pray today. And maybe, maybe you've never made a commitment to Christ. If you've never said yes to Jesus, then you're going to face the future in fear. Because you don't have the hope that we have because we know Christ personally. So find someone today before we close. Find them and pray with them and accept Christ into your heart today. And if you don't need to pray, join the worship team and let's just praise God and worship Him for just another minute or two before we close. today we look forward to connecting with you next time and don't forget you can support us by giving through the church center app or by going online at summitwc.com give